and welcome to episode 59 of the Mutant Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hennig. On this edition of the podcast, I want to get into the news that came out about the Marvel Cinematic Universe new schedule, as a lot of things have been postponed due to the pandemic, the importance of the schedule, the impact of the schedule, and why it may be a blessing in disguise. So let's open up a call when we get started on episode 59 of the Mutant Blitz Podcast. So one of the many side effects of the pandemic that the world is going through right now has been a lot of the most anticipated movies of the 2020 year have been pushed back, among them being the first movie of Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that being the Black Widow movie. Now, we've been talking about the Black Widow movie. The final trailer came out just weeks before the whole world pretty much had to shut, be shut down, along with the United States. A lot of people are in quarantine, a lot of people... They're not going to be able to go to movies. So a lot of the movies have been pushed off until later this year. So Disney announced a whole slate of film changes for the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward. And it's a domino effect that we're going to break down one by one. So that way I don't overwhelm you with too much raw information. Kind of give you a little bit of context for each one. So let's first start with... Black Widow is taking over the November 6th slot of this year. So that is moving the Eternals movie, which is the second movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, their date up to February 12th, 2021. So let's first start with Black Widow. The relevance of this for Black Widow is that the Black Widow movie was already going to be the first part of phase four now as i told you before here on the podcast phase four is the primary foundational stage for everything you're going to see moving forward so in phase five we will see black panther 2 captain marvel 2 we're eventually going to see guardians of the galaxy 3 we're going to see an introduction of a new version of an avengers team whether it's actually called avengers or some other team we're going to see the interweaving of everything that is Phase 4, which is also kind of putting a seal and a cap on everything that happened in the previous three phases as we move ahead to Phases 5 and 6. Don't forget also down the road we have the new Spider-Man movie coming out, which is going to be Spider-Man 3. There's also been talk about introducing the Fantastic Four and the X-Men into the Marvel larger cinematic universe on the movie screen and on Disney+. Plus. But you can't do any of that without all of these properties that are coming out in Phase 4. Black Widow takes place in between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, which means that this movie will be taking place approximately five to six years, maybe even seven years in Marvel chronology before the upcoming Disney Plus shows, which are Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Now, considering they're pushing back the Black Widow movie, I wouldn't be surprised if they push back even further those two Disney Plus shows, because those two Disney Plus shows have also a chapter element to the larger MCU. Also, Black Widow is going to introduce us to a villain named Taskmaster. 
For those who don't know, Taskmaster is a villain who in the comics is very famous for being one of the greatest adversaries, most difficult foils in all of Marvel Comics. In the comic books, a man named Tony Masters works for S.H.I.E.L.D., goes through an experimentation that is the latest version of the Super Soldier Serum. It has these negative side effects, but he is endowed with enhanced strength, speed, agility, intelligence. But because of the other side effect, which is he can mimic and counter any fighting method, he also loses parts of his memory and loses part of his identity along the way. So Taskmaster in the comics, he can literally defeat anybody with his intelligence and his skill set. He has fought everyone from Captain America to Spider-Man, the Deadpool, the Iron Man, to Hawkeye. He can do anything against anybody as long as it's within his you know, abilities as an advanced human. Obviously, he can't lift buildings like the Hulk, but he can fight Captain America blow for blow. He can go with Black Panther strike for strike. He is elite at countering whatever you are bringing at him. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the movie they have a similar element to his character. That he might have had some history with S.H.I.E.L.D. That he is now working for the Red Room in Russia. And that he has a vendetta against anything to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. And anything to do with previous members of the Red Room. Also known as Natasha Romanoff Black Widow. Now, the Red Room, apparently, according to the trailers, has created a whole new army of assassins. And the idea is that Natasha Romanoff is going to reunite with her old family. Now, this is exploring a whole new element of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we didn't see before. First, it's going to reveal to us, specifically, what is Natasha's background before she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. and became an Avenger. So we are going to be introduced to Yelena Belova, who is going to be played by Florence Pugh. We are going to be introduced to Malina Voskov, who is played by Rachel Weiss. We will also be introduced to Alexei Shaskatov, who is played by David Harbour. The relevance of him is he is Red Guardian, who is the Russian version of Captain America. There's also rumors that Black Widow is going to open the door for a whole new set of scenarios and superheroes moving forward. Now, I cannot guarantee you who those new heroes and who those new characters who are going to play on the MCU will be. But there is a lot of theories about who they could be, what they could be, uh, considering the fact that what Marvel is doing moving forward is they're setting a foundation for what you're going to see beyond 2020 and 2021. I also feel like the whoever they introduce is going to have something to do with the upcoming movie. So, for example, we know that the Shang-Chi movie is going to be coming out. We know that there has been rumored a Moon Knight television show on Disney+. Plus. There's been rumored a She-Hulk television show on Disney+. Plus. There's being talked about a Miss Marvel television show on Disney+. Plus. A lot of these... Things are still in pre-production. They haven't even begun filming at all. But we know that the importance of Black Widow is she's not just introducing a new villain. She's introducing a whole new area, element, history, addition to the MCU, giving it even more depth and even more substance to draw upon in future films. Also, we know that there's a connection between the Disney Plus shows and the movies. 
So Black Widow being pushed off, which probably means we're going to have a delay in the other television shows, which might be a blessing in disguise in that you're going to first be able to give people plenty of time to be informed and be a little bit more knowledgeable about what Marvel is doing moving forward, who these characters are, and why they really should care about something they haven't really seen before. One of the problems when it comes to storytelling for any comic book property, whether it is something popular like Superman and Batman, or something obscure like Guardians of the Galaxy, where people actually knew who they were, is that you have one chance to give the audience something new. And you don't want to shortchange them. You don't want to make it anything less than what it should be. And I think that pushing back the start dates is going to allow Marvel to have even more of a buildup and allow more time for audiences to be ready for what's coming, which is a lot of new that they're not used to. Speaking of a lot of new, that gets us to the next thing that got pushed back, which is the Eternals movie, which is now moving to February 12th, 2021. That is the original date of the Shang-Chi movie. Now, the Eternals, their relevance in the MCU is twofold. Number one, this movie is going to give a lot more depth into the cosmic history and the history of Earth itself in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In the comics, the Eternals are a race of people who you could argue are a precursor to modern-day mutants in that their creation and their evolution to being the powerful beings they are has a direct link to what would become known as mutants in the modern-day MCU. So we know that because Disney purchased... 21st Century Fox, they had the rights back to the X-Men, they had the rights back to the Fantastic Four, so the Eternals can start laying the groundwork for this movie to come out. And the basic premise of the movie is that the events of Avengers Endgame forces the Eternals, who are these people who have been living in secret thousands of years, to come out of the shadows and reunite to deal with issues in the world today. Now. We don't know many details beyond that. We don't know exactly who the major villain is going to be, how the major villain is going to factor into the larger MCU. But what we do know is that when you're bringing in characters like Icarus, Thena, Ajax, Cersei, Gilgamesh, you're dealing with characters that are even more obscure in Marvel Comics than the Guardians of the Galaxy were. So you're bringing in a whole new set of variables that no one has ever seen before and that have a direct relation to what you're going to be doing in the future. But it also has a direct tie to the past, and that is the second purpose of the Eternals, which is what many of you may not know is that Thanos, who is the major villain of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, played very well by Josh Brolin, himself is an Eternal. And he is a mutation of the Eternal race. So he's more than just a powerful being, he is a more highly evolved and advanced version of them. So bringing the Eternals in could also lay the groundwork for Thanos and give a little more background for him. And considering the fact that many of the Eternals have lived for thousands of years, 
I'm curious to see how far back they go with their history because in Marvel Comics, their history is integral to the entire groundwork of everything in Marvel Comics because their creation and their development as a race has a direct link to everything that happens in Marvel Comics in the future with superheroes and villains. So do they go that deep with it? How deep do they go? How how much of a link do they place between the Eternals and the rest of the MCU? We're going to find out, but it's going to be very, very relevant in ways that I don't think people are, you know, really forecasting right now. Now, I mentioned Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is going to move to May 7th, 2021. That is Doctor Strange's old date. Now, Shang-Chi is a superhero that is older. He's from the 1970s originally. He was created in the early 70s to capitalize on what was known as the Kung Fu movement. But the artists and writers of Shang-Chi were very concerned about making sure that the character was accurate, in the comics at least, to what they were hoping for. And what they were hoping for was, well, if we're going to have a elite martial artist based on the Kung Fu era, we're going to base him in many ways off of some of the characters that Bruce Lee plays in his movies. So... You're bringing in a character that specifically has to do with martial arts, that specifically has to do with Asian culture, and has to do with the Legend of the Ten Rings. In fact, the name of the movie is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, we don't know 100% exactly what this movie is going to be about. Marvel has been very tight-lipped about all the details from this movie, but we do know is that the movie is going to be heavily based on things in the comics. So I'm expecting some pretty elaborate martial arts. I'm expecting some deeper explanation to the history of the Ten Rings in terms of their relation to the MCU. I'm not 100% sure how deep they're going to go because in the comics, the Ten Rings are wielded by the Mandarin. And the MCU kind of botched the introduction of the Mandarin, they've kind of backtracked and tried to say, no, there is a real Mandarin. He's not just a fake guy, a fake villain. He actually is a real villain out there. And there's probably something that has to do with the elimination of the Infinity Stones and Endgame by Thanos and then bringing them back later and then putting them back in place and all the things that happened in Endgame that is probably going to have some relation to the Ten Rings. The Ten Rings in the comics are a very powerful weapon that is wielded by the Mandarin, who is a primary villain of Iron Man in the comics. But if we're going to be tapping into things that have to do with mystical powers, have to do with ancient power, things that have to do with cosmic power, things that aren't on a massive scale, then it probably has a connection as well to the previous movie, The Eternals. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what Shang-Chi's role is going to be in the MCU, but also pushing this movie back gives you more of an opportunity to introduce audiences to who Shang-Chi is, explain his value, explain his relevance, and there probably has to be something to do with Shang-Chi, like I said, connected to a couple of the other movies that are coming out before it. Now, with Shang-Chi 
being pushed back. It also pushes back Doctor Strange 2. Now, Doctor Strange 2 is moving to November 5th, 2021. The movie is actually going to have two of the Disney Plus movies as prequels to Doctor Strange 2. The television series WandaVision and Loki are going to serve as precursors for Doctor Strange 2. Doctor Strange 2 is also being labeled as Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. And the idea is that this is going to be Marvel's first foray into the science fiction horror genre, which is a throwback, again, to the 1970s, when Doctor Strange was dealing with some of the more horror-based characters of lore, so like things like werewolves and a demon known as Nightmare and things like that that are are much more uh, science fiction horror based than they are just mystical villains. We don't know who the villain's going to be for Doctor Strange 2 yet, but it probably has something to do with whatever happens in WandaVision and Loki. I'm going to make the assumption right now that also pushing Doctor Strange back is going to push WandaVision back and we're going to push Loki back. Now, we know that all over the world, movie and television production have been put on pause. So, we know that WandaVision and Loki are not done filming. So, if we're going to put a guesstimate on the timeline of what we're talking about here, I'm going to make the assumption that we don't start seeing normalcy in this country until early summer. And if that is the case, that means we won't be seeing normalcy in other parts of the world until the summer as well, which means that I don't expect to see a lot of these productions pick up and start up again until the summer or late summer or early fall, which means that WandaVision and Loki will probably come out in the spring of 2021 if everything goes as planned. It'll be later if it doesn't which means that you're probably going to be seeing those shows probably closer to next summer because Doctor Strange is going to be in 2021 November. Again, when you have shows that are directly connected to a movie and a movie that is building upon the groundwork laid by these shows, that has a lot to do with Marvel pushing things back. Again, the blessing of having this all happen is every question we have about what is going on, why it's happening, what these characters are doing, so on and so forth, all of this has a direct link to what comes before it. Again, everything is connected, as Kevin Feige has said multiple times. The bigger question about Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness is... How deep do we go into the concept of the multiverse? Are we just dealing with alternate dimensions? Are we dealing with alternate Earths? Are we dealing with alternate Doctor Stranges? Are we dealing with alternate villains? There, there's a lot of open-ended theories about what is really going to happen with this movie. My working theory, though, is that we're not going to see probably a ton more Doctor Strange after this movie. So whatever they're going to do with this movie is probably going to be something huge and something that's going to be well worth the wait. And the reason why I don't think that you're going to see a ton of Doctor Strange after this film, when 
Benedict Cumberbatch was originally cast for the character of Doctor Strange back six years ago. The original idea was that he was going to be part of the MCU and be a part of Avengers, and that would basically be it. But the idea of a second Doctor Strange movie was never originally part of the plan. I think Marvel was so focused on building up to Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, they didn't have everything fully set in stone after that. So Doctor Strange 2, which has been delayed multiple times, by the way, not just in its release, but in its production, because they had to find a new director, they had to find a new writer. It's been kind of a, a turbulent mess. You keep pushing back and pushing back and pushing back this movie. You're also pushing back the inevitable, which is Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, for as much fun as he's having, there's a there's a large theory that he is not going to stay on the role forever. And as a result, my working theory is that even if Benedict Cumberbatch stays around in the MCU beyond Doctor Strange 2, uh, it might be only for like one more movie or two. I think that the setup is because you're bringing in Shang-Chi, who has connections to the Mandarin, which has connections to Clea. And Clea is a longtime lover of Doctor Strange. And we could be dealing with Doctor Strange having to sacrifice himself, to save the multiverse or something like that. My working assumption is that the Doctor Strange 2 movie is going to be the final piece of closing the chapter on everything that happened in the aftermath of Endgame. Because there probably is something to do with what happens in Shang-Chi and something that has to do with the Eternals, something that has to do with what happened in the Infinity Stones that leads to this chaos that is going to happen in Doctor Strange 2. Which then leads us to the final movie of Marvel Phase 4. Thor which is technically Thor 4, but the movie is called Thor Love and Thunder, will now be coming out February 18th, 2022. That means that the next Thor movie, starring Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman, will now be coming out not one year, not two years, but three years after the end of Endgame. So, you're going to have this huge gap in time in terms of the viewers seeing Chris Hemsworth and having a connection to the Thor character and the Thor history that has this huge gap in time in terms of information. People are going to be talking about all these other characters and all these other movies before we get to this movie, and this movie has another huge impact on the MCU moving forward because... This is the movie where we will be introduced to Lady Thor. The character Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, being bestowed with the powers of Thor. Now, we don't know 100% exactly if this is going to be a one-off for Natalie Portman, if this is going to be a long-running character, if this is going to be a unique situation. What we do know is that, again, whatever happens in Phase 4 is directly setting up for what we will see in Phase 5 with Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, etc. So, my working assumption is that you're going to see Thor again in Avenger, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. 
you're going to see Jane Foster appear in whatever the next crossover major event is, whether it's Avengers or some other version of Avengers. And we are going to see some sort of return of Mjolnir or some sort of hammer that is going to be wielded by Lady Thor. The other thing you have to look at for this movie is we know that Chris Hemsworth has signed on for X number of movies beyond Endgame because he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Well, is Lady Thor going to have something to do with Valkyrie who is dealing in overseeing new Asgard? Are we introducing a new Thor villain? Are we introducing another related villain to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, maybe it's something directly to do with Thor. For example, Taskmaster is not historically directly a villain of Black Widow, but his role in the Black Widow movie makes a lot of sense, and the way they're setting it up is going to have a huge impact. Well, whoever the villain is, and whatever the reason why we are going to have the outcome in Thor Love and Thunder, that is going to have a domino effect directly into phase five. So there's a lot of theories out there that Christian Bale is going to be the villain or a villainous character in this movie. Well, that means it could be anybody. First of all, he doesn't have to be an actual character. It it could be CGI. It could be a voice of a character. Uh, But we know that Christian Bale is usually a guy who loves to embody and embrace a character as an actor. So... You know, we know that there will be some of that involved in his character. The other thing to look out for in Thor Love and Thunder is because Thor is now part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever happens in this movie will be a direct setup for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, with all these movies being pushed back, the start of Phase 5, Black Panther, remains May 6, 2022. Captain Marvel 2 is now set for July 8, 2022. which was originally a date set for an untitled live-action movie on the Disney calendar, but now is being reserved for Captain Marvel 2. So having Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, that close in relation to Thor Love and Thunder tells me that we are in Phase 5 building up to a major crossover movie, which I think will, without any further information, probably be 2023. Also, this means that the Spider-Man movie might get pushed back to November of 2022 or early 2023. Furthermore, the impact on the Disney Plus shows, let's not forget that I mentioned She-Hulk is coming, Miss Marvel is coming, Moon Knight is coming, Hawkeye is coming. Hawkeye was supposed to come out in 2021. Does that get pushed to 2022 now? Because WandaVision and Loki will probably get pushed into 2021. Is She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight going to be a part of the release of shows in 2022? Also, let's not get lost in the sauce about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The final season is supposed to come out this summer. Does that still come out on ABC this summer? Does it come out in the fall? Does it come out in the winter? Does it come out to just Disney Plus only? What is the impact of those characters on the MCU, if any at all, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been pretty much left out the dry. We don't know yet. Furthermore, I will emphasize this one more time. X-Men, Fantastic Four, they are coming, but now their arrival 
is going to be pushed back an entire year. So if Marvel was thinking about introducing those characters in 2022, then it's going to be now 2023. If it's going to be 2023, it'll be pushed back to 2024, so on and so forth. And there were some openings in the Disney Marvel calendar for Phase 5. Well, let me ask you this question. Do we expect those to get filled immediately? Or does that push back the pre-production of some of the unknown projects as well? I think it gets pushed back. I think everything gets pushed back. And it'll allow Marvel more time to breathe, less pressure to get things done immediately. And it's going to allow for better movies and better storytelling. Because when you rush something, haste makes waste, right? That's the old saying. Well, if haste makes waste, then we know that you don't want to be in a position where you're forcing yourself or your characters to do something you maybe you're not going to be happy with. That's a summary of what's going on with Marvel and DC moving forward. Again, this was less about commentary than it was about you know just giving everybody information out there. I appreciate you all tuning into the podcast today. I hope I gave you some information. If you have any thoughts and comments, if you're following me on YouTube, you can drop it down in the comment section below. If you're catching me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hennig. You can ask me your questions there. I can answer any questions about what is going on with the MCU. Again, this was more about a summary of what's coming and what to expect now that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has everything pushed back. So that was really the purpose of our conversation today. Again, I'm Josh Hennig. Catch me next time here on the Mutant Blitz Podcast. Talk about my perspectives on movies and television shows deal with the comic book universe. As soon as the CW gets back on track, we will finish those seasons and review them for you. Obviously, because of the pandemic, uh, shows like DC Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Supergirl, they've all put production on delay. There's a lot of rumors out there. Don't believe all the rumors about what exactly is going on with those shows I'm going to assume they're going to resume schedule at some point because uh, the CW yeah, they're, they're trying to cause some tying of loose ends for their future of their shows so I'm going to assume that they're going to try to do it to the best of their ability I'm going to also make the assumption that when it comes to the Marvel shows everything gets pushed back so again as I said if the world gets back to normal this summer that pushes everything back X number of months. So if productions have been on the shelf for three months and everything gets pushed back three months. And for Black Widow to move from the first week of May to the first weekend of November also tells me that if you think about that, that is May, June, July, August, September, October, November. That is six-month gap. So I'm expecting a six-month gap for everything with Marvel moving forward and a minimum of a three-month gap pushback for everything with the CW moving forward. We'll have to wait and see exactly how that plays out. But I appreciate tuning in the podcast today. Catch you next time.